Welcome to Pageant Planet's podcast, where we share stories and strategies to help expand and connect the global pageant community. Visit pageantplanet.com to find pageants, hire coaches, shop for dresses, and more. Now, here's this week's episode. Welcome, everyone, to another Pageant Planet podcast. This is the podcast for contestants who want to be inspired and discover how to win the crown. I'm Jessie Ledoux McMullen, Pageant Planet's Queen of Coaching, and I'm joined by Miss America 2018, Cara Mund. Today, we are discussing six ways to set and achieve goals. Cara, set the stage for us. Whether you've taken time to formally set goals with intention or not, everything we do has a goal at the core. If you wake up in the morning and say, I want to clean my room today, that is a goal. If you wake up and say, I want to be Miss America someday, well, that's just a more glamorous goal. (laughs) I'd say, and you probably will agree, it's one that takes a heck of a lot more dedication and determination, though. Uh, Well, both (laughs) on my to-do list when I was younger. It was on my goal list. (laughs) Um, Just equally important in the eyes of my mom. (laughs) Yes. So January is a great time to start fresh. The new year, it's a very popular time for people to take a moment to evaluate what they want to accomplish in the year or years ahead, both personally and professionally. So, So Cara, I'm curious. Do you set goals formally? And if so, what does your process look like? I do. Um, So I've kind of evolved in my process. I guess ever since I was little, my mom would always have a lot of checklists. So I learned the checklist model. And, um, you know, I would I would put things on my checklist, though, where it would be like, let's use our examples of clean my room and be Miss America. And then I soon realized that that wasn't helpful. And I needed to make more of like Mm. a today checklist a week checklist, maybe a month checklist or a year checklist, whatever. Um, but I've, you know, since then in law school and even in undergrad, being a business entrepreneurship organizations concentrator, I've learned a lot about the power of checklists and just how it keeps you accountable. But also there's just a lot of satisfaction in striking something off your list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, but also recognizing that you need to reevaluate that list sometimes. And so I definitely I set them in a in a pretty formal way in the fact that I'll think about it and then I write it down. And the process of writing it down is kind of like my commitment to get it done. How often do you do this process? Um, Well, I'm looking at a checklist right now Mm. (laughs) as I'm talking with you and it has our podcast on my checklist (laughs) um, so that I know it has to get done. So I I do it pretty often, but I do a lot more of, you know, this week kind of checklists versus long-term checklists. Mm. And I've realized that having too many things on a checklist for long-term could just be very overwhelming. So that's that's another reason why I don't do as many long-terms or I don't reevaluate it because... I want to keep those goals as I keep working towards them. What about for you? So that's a that's a great point. I I am not as organized with my goal setting as I would like to be. I definitely in full transparency I am not the most organized person. I have to work really hard to be organized. It's really the most frustrating thing about myself to myself because I'm like, gosh, if you could just get this organized, you'd be so much stronger at this. But I do make a point 
to look at what my goals are uh, at the beginning of the year, because if I do, if I, if I set a goal, do it more than once, I don't get to it. And that's okay because I'm 32 years old and I've learned that if I hold myself to a standard that I'm not capable of hitting, I give up altogether. And I think a lot of people are like that. Um, maybe a little bit of like anxiety in there somewhere, uh, maybe a little ADHD in there somewhere, and there's nothing to be ashamed of. So you just have to learn your working styles and how to adapt to them. So at the beginning of the year, I look down and I'm gonna use, I don't wanna give away too much of today's podcast, but I do a lot of strategies that we'll talk about today and I'll give my own personal examples then. But I'm gonna spoil Steven's secrets because even though he's not on this call today, I am so in admiration of how he and Renata, his wife, set their goals. Have you ever heard this story, Cara? I haven't. So I, I know this because a few years, I've been with Pageant Planet now, I think five or six years. And I was asking Steven if he wanted to connect on something pageant planet related. He said, you know, I can't do that. Renata and I have our goal setting meeting at that time. And I went, well, huh, a goal setting meeting. That's really interesting. I've never experienced that with either a partner or a family member. So the next time I talked to him, I asked him all about it. They said they do quarterly and yearly goals together because they're both entrepreneurs and business owners. So it's very important for them to be able to quantify their goals. And they sit down and they, again, the whole year is mapped out and then quarter by quarter and then month by month. So they are so good at this. I honestly wish Steve, I should have had Steven like do this podcast with you with me because I'm useless. Um, <laughs> but he has it really like down to a science. So there's all different levels. So there's me who's all over the place, not great at goal setting, but I still do it. I still make time to do it. There's Steven who is hyper-focused on it and there's you that's kind of in the middle. So we got all the things covered, I think. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> so, so with that said, um, Let's talk about the first item on a goal setting um, agenda. So the first thing, and this is something I use clients all the time, and it's to set SMART goals. And SMART is an acronym, and it stands for specific is the S. So it needs to be specific enough. You can't just say, I want to make a difference, right? You have to have something. Okay, here's how I'll make a difference. Measurable. I'm going to keep, I guess I'll keep going and then we'll go through them all attainable, relevant, and, and timely. So I just mentioned that for specific, you can't just in your interview say, well, I want to be a role model. Well, I don't know what that means, but then you could say, you know, I want to be a role model at boys and girls clubs. Okay. Well, that's specific. I'll take it. Measurable. Okay. I want to be a role model at five boys and girls club centers in my state. Well, that's specific and it's measurable. I like that. And it's pretty attainable. That's the next. Relevant. Okay, so if your platform is cancer awareness and that's your goal, it doesn't necessarily have the exact same relevancy if your platform is something like mentorship. So you do want to make sure that it coincides with your brand and your message. And then um, timely. So set a time frame for this. Is this a year goal? Or is it a month goal? So you want to look at all of your goals with each of those descriptors in mind. Uh, Cara, do you use this model? Uh, as you're saying it, I've never heard of this before, but I love <gasps> this acronym. I know. I love it. And I'm writing it down right now to remember. <laughs> um, 
But as I'm thinking about what my goals are, I, I keep thinking, oh, yeah, I usually do specific goals. I usually do attainable goals. They, they not always seem attainable, but somehow they end up being attainable. Um, I usually do relevant and I usually do timely. I think the one that's the hardest for me personally is measurable. Mm-hmm. And it could be because I usually put like pretty high up goals. Um, so, for example, you know, winning Miss America or um, like m- one of my recent ones I crossed off the list was like, going to Harvard Law. And they're they're such big ones. And you're focused on that destination, but you have to also recognize the milestones to get there. Um, And so I should have been the whole time, like, my goal is to get this score on the LSAT. My goal Mm. is to get this, you know, but you look so far. So I think uh, I've gotten better at measurable, but also recognizing those small steps you have to take to get to the big ones. Yeah. And well, Again, we, there's a lot to cover in today's episode. One of those is talking about, uh, number three is talking about tiering those goals. So just like you mentioned, like the steps along the way. So we'll, we'll get there. But um, I agree. And I think measurable is the most challenging for pageant contestants too. Um, I, I just had a, a call the other day with a contestant and she said, well, I, I want to tell my story, which is one of my biggest pet peeves of all time when someone tells me that because I'm like, wait, well, who are you telling it to? When are you telling it to them? How are you telling it to them? What means are you doing? What po- what, what are they taking away from story? And they're always like, well, oh, I, I didn't think about any of that. So it's very important as a pageant contestant, when you're thinking about those big goals that Cara just mentioned, dial it down. Like, okay, what what can I, what specifics can I add to this? How can I measure this? Because as a judge, if I hear a girl say, I'm going to tell my story. I'm going to make a difference. I don't usually believe it because it doesn't feel like they have a plan. But if they dial it in and give me those specifics, the measurable pieces of that goal, okay, well, this girl has thought about this enough that there's no way she's going to fail because she's clearly outlined all of it right here for me. So that's the importance of, of the SMART goal method. Absolutely. And as you're talking, I've been thinking too, like as a judge, it really is those contestants that that use this model that stand out. So even if you are the most believable, persuasive person out of all your friends, out of your family, that's great. But a judge isn't going to remember you when there's so many contestants if you don't use a model like this when you Mm -hmm. describe what those goals are and what you're going to achieve during your year. Yeah, I find contestants that are in that bubble, like you just said, they have all the natural abilities and they have the story and the passion, but they don't have the the, the outline path of how they're going to get there. They're thinking about pageantry as it's like they're of themselves. They're not thinking about others when they're competing. And successful title holders are thinking about the, the way the world will change when they mm-hmm. and not just how it will change, how their world will change, if that makes sense. So it's like usually, okay, I have this amazing story. I'm going to win them over with my charm, my personality, what I've overcome. But it stops there usually if you're not outlining how that will really make a difference in the world. And I say make a difference, I mean like your version of making a difference because please, as I just mentioned, have a specific goal. It'll make me so much happier. (laughs) So anyway, let's talk about number two. Cara, what's number two? Number two is recognizing your why. 
And this is probably the most important step to establishing your goals. And this is what drives you to want to dedicate yourself in the first place. Without this, it can be very easy to get distracted, off course, or even lose passion. Um, so for me, that's that's something that I, you know, when you have those really long-term goals, it can get so easy to think, you know, oh, well, that was my goal back then. Maybe I need to change it if it's not happening for you. And you have to stay um, driven. And the easiest way I think to stay driven and continue to persevere is to always remember why you started in the first place and you know whether that someone inspired you to do it you now want to inspire other generations or like we said sharing your story just keeping that in mind at the back of your head is this is my goal this is why I wanted to do it in the first place and never losing sight of it um so for me like I I always knew I wanted to be Miss North Dakota and one day compete at Miss America and I I remember having like I, we've talked about this before, the importance of mentorship. And um, I was, you know, kind of taken under the wing of a few incredible women that had done pageantry. And I kept thinking, you know, how they made such an impact on my life and how, you know, I want to serve as that kind of inspiration for other young girls. And so, you know, I knew the doors of opportunity that would open with a state title. And I always dreamed of being on the Miss America stage. And so that was some of my some of my reasons why. And, you know, if if there was a day when I was like, oh, I'm not going to inspire anyone, then I would like turn again my focus to, oh, but what would it be like to get to represent my state on a national level? And so there can be a lot of whys and mm -hmm. recognizing that as well as sometimes maybe the original why isn't something that you're passionate about anymore, but there might be another why. And especially when you have a long-term goal that you've committed and put all the hours and the dedication to, there's usually more than one why. And so remembering that. Yeah. One of the most amazing parts of being a, a pageant coach is hitting on that why, because so many contestants start their journey in pageantry, really not understanding their why. And that first meeting with them, the first question is, why do you want to win this pageant, whatever pageant they're competing in? And usually I get a really top level fluffy answer. And I'm like, okay, that's nice. But why? And I just, we just drill down and usually if it's a great session, it ends in tears because they're so connected to why the heck they're showing up for themselves in this way and why they're setting that goal for themselves. Because pageantry is a really unique sport. If you really step up to the plate and are a successful title holder in a way that impacts others, like we just said, the world will change if you're a great title holder and doing things um, for others. And when they really get to that core, it's usually something that broke their heart to get to the place they are, or it's a journey that they're so inspired by and so filled with. So, so many things um, go into that why, and it really should be an emotional connection because I always tell the girls, when you wake up, you have 365 days, what inside of you is going to inspire you to get up and get moving for 365 days in a row? It's got to be something big because mm -hmm. I mean, some days it's very hard. Like you, I'm sure you know, being on the road at Miss America, there were you probably had a really hard time getting out of bed, but you did it because you had a why. Absolutely, absolutely. Cool. So that's this is your why. I think that's self-explanatory. 
This one I'm excited to dive into, Cara, because I can't wait to hear some of those milestones that we're gonna get through from your journey, if you don't mind sharing those. But uh, number three is tiering your goals. And this is one I work on a regular basis. It's, I want you to have three tiers to your goals whenever possible. The top level is gonna be that crazy huge goal you could consider your dream come true. The bottom layer is something that you can probably achieve fairly easily. It's low hanging fruit. Like it's kind of like your confidence builder. And then in the middle, like something halfway point between each two that can eventually launch you to that top level. So say you wanna be interviewed on the Today Show for your platform. Fabulous, that's your top goal. Being interviewed on the Today Show on NBC. Amazing, okay. So your middle goal can be Okay, I featured on six local news broadcasts then. Because again, you get more experience as you do more things. The more you're on TV, the more visibility you'll get. So maybe it'll help you propel you to that Today Show interview. Because Today Show could say, oh, I saw this girl on this local affiliate and I was really impressed with everything that she had to say and I think she would be a perfect fit. So great. So even though it's a smaller goal, it could still help you get there. And again, it's measurable. We said six local broadcasts. And, um, and then the last thing could be, okay, I'm gonna start my own YouTube channel. I'm gonna get myself more familiar talking to the camera, um, how to do my hair and makeup on camera. It's something small that will help you get there. And just starting that channel can be the first step. And of course, there's goals within all of this along the way. So you wanna have your big top line goal, your mid-level goal that's kind of in the middle, and then the starting point. What's your low-hanging fruit that you can do today or you can take action to do today? So Cara, now that you've had a few um, moments of me rambling to think about um, you like thinking about those tiers for law school or Miss America, let's say, can you think of how you'd break those down for us? Maybe let's talk Miss America, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, so just my mentality, the way it shifted from when I first started competing in Miss to when I finally won. Like, I remember my very first year, I kept just thinking like that, that, you know, base goal was to win Miss North Dakota. Mm -hmm. And then I thought, and then I'll go to Miss America. And I really like I didn't have a middle in there. And so I competed in my local and I won the local and I really didn't think about it. Like I probably got some advice and I don't even remember. I, I really didn't take it to heart. I was just so focused on Miss North Dakota. And, um, and then I got to Miss North Dakota and it didn't happen that first year. Mm. And I was like, okay, well now I can't do my top goal. And then I was just completely not motivated to even start back all over. And by the time I got to my fourth year, I really took it as a stepping stone. So my first goal was like, win that local do the best that you can. And I think at my local, I think I won every category but swimsuit. And mm. that was always my, my weakest category, I think. Or maybe I didn't win gown too. Maybe it was just swimsuit and talent or um, talent and evening gown, which were always my stronger areas. And, and I knew that. So I would focus on them because I was like, oh, I'll keep making my strong ones great and never focused enough on my weaker ones, um, which is a save for another time. <laughs> um, but, uh, but then I got, you know, I, I took the advice I got and that was probably like the first time I really like dove into it. And I thought, OK, these are the two categories that are setting me back. And so I worked really, really hard on those and got to my middle level, like you said, which was Miss North Dakota at the 
the time, though, in my head, that was the top level. And um, and I worked really, really hard, really, really hard. And sometimes your expectations, you exceed them. And I had never expected to win swimsuit. And I won <laughs> swimsuit at Miss North Dakota. And that was even like more of a confidence booster as I'm ready for Miss North Dakota or for ready for Miss America, because here at my local, I didn't win it, but I won it at state. Mm. And um, so then I was like, oh, I could totally do this for Miss America. And I was very, very driven because I knew that if I put the time in, I worked hard enough, it would be possible. And so sometimes that top level goal does become a mid-level because you realize you can continue to reach more. And so I know for me personally, sometimes those tiered goals, I'll usually only have like one or two, but then I'm always ready for what the next step is. Um, And I think that's one of the biggest things is even after you've achieved it. So now being done with Miss America, I know that that's never, I never want that to be like my high point in my life. (laughs) I want that to be the starting point. So again, continuously building off of your tears. And, um, and another thing too, I don't, we, I've talked about it a little bit, but sometimes when, you know, you're going through these tears, if you don't achieve that, that middle level, or for example, you're competing and you're a runner up, you're a runner up. I had this one year, I was, um, third runner up. And then the next year I didn't even make top 10, but recognizing that it's not necessarily a step down. Maybe you're just staying at that same tier, learning a little bit more or, you know, keeping that in mind as well. But I definitely think, you know, you never want to finish a goal and think that's all because there's so much more you can do with it and build off of it. Yeah. And there's so many more um, layers in this even still. So you mentioned like you were able to win swimsuit at the state level, but think about all the little goals that probably went into achieving that, even if it wasn't overtly obvious because the goal was to win Miss North Dakota. So, okay. Mm-hmm. Think about it. Like when you woke up, your goal probably was, okay, I'm going to drink a gallon of water today. That's probably a goal that you had, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. You were going to work out. We knew that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. So like, these are all things like Every action that you consciously in a day is a goal. So why not take the time to figure out how that maps upward so that you can start to, and I'm jumping ahead again, um, but it'll make sense, but that'll all like lead you to help visualize where you want to go and that ultimate goal. Absolutely. Cool. Yes. All right. So let's go to number four. What's number four, Cara? Yeah, number four is focusing on what matters. So if your goal is to win your pageant, look no further than your pageant handbook to see what phases of competition you'll be competing in and what percentage each contributes to your score. Every single action you take strengthens one of those areas. They may not be the exact correlation, but if it is contributing to potentially increasing your score, then you can make the case for it. And a great example of this was that because I was a dancer, in addition to the gym time I was spending, I was also practicing, which was more exercise. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So actually doing my talent was also helping my swimsuit, which also helps your evening gown, which also made me feel more confident in interview. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it definitely all correlates back. So even if you feel like there's no connection, I promise there is. (laughs) Well, yeah, I I think back when I was 17 competing for Miss New York and I might, I'm not talented. So that's why I never became Miss New York. I'll just say that right off the bat. I shouldn't say that's not why there probably were other reasons, but that was the biggest reason why. And I, I was like, you know what? I'm never going to win it. So I'm going to put all my energy into swimsuit. Because, again, I was 17 and metabolism of someone out of this world. And I still didn't win some zoo. That really ticked me off looking back. But anyway, I should have been putting all my energy 
into the category that had the highest score, which was talent. Why didn't I put all that energy, all that focus into try to get as many points as possible out of that score? It was because I wasn't thinking about what matter. Swimsuit at the time that I competed was 15%, talent was 35%. Even if I did win swimsuit, that wasn't going to help the fact that I was going to be behind for 35%. So I want you to really think about that as, as it relates to your score. A lot of pageants do things equally, so you're very lucky in that sense, but some, some others don't. But Cara, be honest with me on something else. Um, this always fascinates me. How much or little time and energy did you dedicate to the wardrobe that you wore to rehearsals and appearances at Miss America that were not on stage? Ooh, yeah, this is a really, you know, I really had to think about this. I knew you were going to probably ask me this <laughs> as we were talking. And, um, you know, it's it's interesting because I wasn't one of the contestants who brought a whole bunch of stuff to Miss America. Um, I came with like three suitcases and that included like one of them was just my competition wear. Um, and so I really didn't have like a whole bunch of options or anything like that. And so I, I did take time to pick things out, but it wasn't because I was super particular on what I was wearing. It was instead that I just didn't have room for everything. Mm -hmm. um, but I do remember like one thing I did was that, you know, I made sure I knew what the appearances were and you didn't always know everything you know be don't be surprised always have some backup outfits mm -hmm. um but for example I knew in the past years they usually did an event on the boardwalk a lot of times it's the welcome ceremony and the boardwalk is not a great place for stiletto heels so mm. when I was packing my outfit I knew to bring block heels so my foot wouldn't get stuck and sure enough a bunch of contestants brought stilettos because that's what you're used to mm -hmm. uh it's pageant time and they all got stuck in the boardwalk or you know they were they were hesitant to you know really kind of strut their stuff as they were walking in and you know you're just not as confident and I didn't have to worry about that so that was that was one thing um there but at the same time then once I did win I didn't have like a set wardrobe for when I was Miss America and I didn't know that that was a thing that contestants brought extra suitcases full of clothes for when they win mm. <laughs> and maybe it's because I didn't know that or like I didn't think I would win um but you know I knew a lot of contestants that had like four or five options for their outfit and they were all like perfectly matching and you know perfectly picked and you know I did that but I usually only had one and then a few backup options and so I didn't leave Miss America week with it an outfit that I hadn't worn mm. so I love that though, because you didn't spend so much time thinking about looking perfect for, like you, you thought practically, right? Like, did you spend hours and hours and hours and hours and hours looking for the perfect appearance outfits? Or did you say like, once you got it, it was done? Um, I, let's see, I, I did look and I kept in the back of my mind, you mm -hmm. know, there might be some picture of this and if I would win, this picture might go viral. <laughs> and so I kept that in mind. Sure. But I, fair. Didn't, I didn't do it as, you know, oh my goodness, this shoe is a, you know, fuchsia pink and I'm wearing hot pink and it's not perfect. Like I didn't do it that way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but instead I made sure that it was something I was confident in, that I was comfortable being photographed in and that I was comfortable being on the internet in. <laughs> well, yeah, you, of course, that goes without saying you need to look the part but I'd rather a contestant's competition look be impeccable and their walk be perfect than to look spectacular at the welcome brunch or any other event. Like I can, 
I have contestants that they reach out to me and say, okay, I'm gonna wear this for orientation. Fabulous, it looks great. And then two weeks later, hey, I found these shoes instead for my orientation outfit instead of those. Like, do you think this is better? I'm like, wait, wait, didn't we close the book on orientation? Like, can't we, can't we put that to bed to continue to grow in other places? Because what that told me was she was spending more time spinning her wheels to try to do things that were already taken care of and taking away from things to help her get, get stronger in other ways. That's more of what I'm looking for. Oh, yeah. That makes sense? Definitely. Definitely. And I think at, you know, all times in the back of your head, it, your main focus should be your competition areas. Mm -hmm. And while your judges might come to that brunch, they're probably not looking at your shoes. <laughs> they're, you know, orientation, more than likely your judges are not there. They're not going to, it's not going to make a difference if you wear the nude ones or the pink ones. It's, it's not going to make a difference as long as you feel comfortable. Yeah. So how does that relate to goal setting? We got on a little bit of a tangent. So how does this relate to goal setting? <laughs> it relates because Whatever your goal is, you need to think about, so back to, um, back to like everything we just talked about, if your actions and your energy isn't being spent progressing towards those tiered goals we just talked about, toward those overall goals we talked about, if they really don't have a ton weighing into it, don't spend the energy to do it. You have to focus on yeah. what matters and what's going to get you there. Yes. And don't look back either. Once mm -hmm. the brunch is over, don't look back and think you should have changed your shoes. Right. <laughs> Keep going forward. All right, Cara, take us to number five. Yeah. So number five is apply yourself to these goals. So when you set your goals, think about what daily actions you can take to contribute towards their success. If you're serious about achieving what you set out to do this year, you may have to schedule time to stay committed. A goal without a plan is just a dream. Mm -hmm. It sure is. So, so with any of that, it's, you have to make it, you have to wake up and be a, make a conscious effort to do it. So how do, how do you do that? So if you're like me and you do have a hard time staying focused or staying organized, you need to wake up and maybe the night before, when in bed, make that to-do list so that you do stay ahead of it. Um, Cara, how do you stay focused from a day-to-day -day basis? Yeah, I think just reevaluating the goal. So if you put, again, kind of goes back to that SMART um, acronym that you gave. But if you have way too many and you get overwhelmed, you need to refocus so that you really can apply your energy to the things that you really want to do. And um, something that, you know, if it's been on my to-do list for five days and it's not getting mm. done, I rethink and I say, does it really need to happen now? And if it does, then that's the only thing on my list for that day. Um, so making sure, yes, that you're applying yourself, but always reflecting back too about, you know, when does this need to be done? Am I working hard enough? And it is true. You know, just because you put it on your list doesn't mean it's going to get done. Yeah, there are two apps I want to share with everyone that's listening. The first is called Things. Uh, I think it's like a things to do, but it's like a, it's an app that you download. I think you pay for it. Um, I don't think it's a lot though. And you put your to-do list on there. And if you don't check it out off that day, it goes on to the next one. It keeps carrying on. So what Car just said about like, if she sees it on her to-do list for multiple days in a row, like it's got to get done. Um, the other app is do D U E. And I think that might be even cheaper than things, but they both do essentially the same thing. And the last advice I'll offer with, this is actually another Steven suggestion is you want to do the thing you're looking forward to least in the day first, or think about it in the sense of if the day passes you by, what are you going to be upset that you didn't do? 
things like um, getting it, like if, if working out is important to you, I prefer to work out in the morning because I know I won't do it later in the day. So I'm like, I'm not looking forward to it. I just wanna get it done. And then, okay, I've hit that goal. I've worked out for 30 minutes, fabulous. Can go on with my day. Um, so you can think about one, getting those apps to keep yourself organized so that like nothing actually falls off the radar. And two, just reprioritize to make sure that like if you're really dreading something and you let it hang on too long, you're probably gonna skip it when the day starts to consume you with all the other stresses that do do come to take over. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> yeah, I, he he uses the acronym like or not the acronym, the um it's a phrase like eat the frog in the morning, eat the frog in the morning. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and when you have something carrying from your list every day, it just gets so daunting. And it's so easy to say, no, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. But when you just get it done, you realize like, oh, it really wasn't that big of a deal. And I can't believe I let the weight carry on me for so many days. And it can be something just simple, um, but it really does. And so knock it out, get it done for the day. Don't worry about it. And you're more likely to be more productive on other things that seem easier or more fun to do. Yeah, I use that to I apply it to everything in my life. So if I am anticipating an anxious phone call with um, my husband, or friend, or we're just having like, if there's a strained moment and there's a lot of tension, I'm like, okay, I'll talk to them later. Well, you know what? I'm going to stress about this and think about it all day. So I'm going to just do it now. And then I can mm -hmm. be done thinking about it and talking about it. So it, it applies to everything in your life, pageant related or otherwise. Just get it out of your way so you can dedicate all your positive energy to other things. Absolutely. All right, the last one is visualization. And when I first started coaching, I remember I had, I asked a contestant to visualize me, her winning the title, and I was physically taken aback. Like, AKA, like I clutched my invisible pearls when she said that she couldn't actually visualize herself winning and she never had. I just kind of like assumed that this was something that came natural to anyone who sets out to achieve something. Like I'm a visualizer, I'm a daydreamer, like this is like what I do. And now I know visualization is something that must be learned. So set time each day to close your eyes, whether this comes easily to you or needs some improvement, close your eyes and imagine yourself achieving these goals, whether title or otherwise, so much that you can't even believe that failing is an option because you've seen it, you've seen yourself do it. You're like, okay, yeah, I can win Miss America. I see it. I see it in my mind and it's going to happen and not happen. It's not not happening for me. So do you, do you visualize Kara? I do. I do. And you know, when you believe you can do it, yeah, like we've talked about this before in our podcast, like you need to be your own biggest cheerleader. And I think one of the best ways to do it is just seeing yourself achieving it. And you know, when you, when you think, oh, it's not possible, it's not possible, but it's on my list. It can be it can be really daunting again. It can be this thought of like, well, it's a big goal. It's too far. It's not achievable. Um, and so you really need to put yourself in that position thinking, you know, I have this on my list because I know I can do it. And when you believe in yourself, everyone else will believe in you, too. So what about vision boards? Do you know anything about vision boards? I do. And I've heard so much about creating them and thinking about them, uh, you know, what you can do it virtually, you can write them down, you can cut out pictures from magazines. That's how I learned it. I don't even know if kids do that anymore nowadays. But um, that's how my my first one was cutting out things that I wanted. So like one was a trip to go somewhere, or, you know, Disney World, things like that. Um, but I don't do them as much now. But I do think that they're really powerful. What about you? 
So I've done a couple of different things. I don't do the cut the cutouts anymore because I just I don't have like magazines around my house like I used to. Like as a kid, my mom used to get magazines. I don't have them. So I use Pinterest religiously. I have like a private vision board for my Pinterest, and that's kind of like my digital represent representation of everything. The other thing I like to do is I like to change my phone background on a regular basis. So whatever goal is first and like fresh in my mind that I'm really aiming for, or pushing to the finish line on, I will change my my phone to something of it. Uh, and that way it's like I look at my phone a hundred times a day. I'm sure everyone on listening does as well. So it's an instant reminder several times a day to keep pushing. So something visual in your life that helps you stay in that frame of mind of like, I'm going to, I'm going to get there. Um, and that visualization, like I, I can't, I can't, it's not over. It can't be overstated. It's so critical. So spend time. If you, if you can't visualize yourself winning your pageant right now, I need you to start you're doing. And I really want you to focus on it because it has to be something that you are able to see before it actually comes to fruition. So critical. Absolutely. And not just your phone background. I also do it on my computer. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only one who does this. <laughs> no, we are, we are one in the same on that. So you change your, your, your computer background. I do. So my computer background right now is Harvard Law School and my phone background is still being crowned Miss America. And not necessarily that I'm like living in the moment of being Miss America, but it's this constant reminder that anything is possible. Um, so and I didn't want law school on both because I also need to like not live in law school. <laughs> but um, but I have it on my work or I have it on my computer so that when I'm doing school work, I remember what I'm supposed to stay focused on. And when I'm on my phone, it reminds me of what I need to continue to work towards. And and two, I mean, Cara, the you've achieved something that is the pinnacle to so many people. So it's it probably, I mean, as I'm looking at it from an outsider's perspective, it probably is a nice reminder of like, I did this. I can do anything. I did this. Yeah. So nothing yeah. the sky's the limit at that point. Yeah. And I, I just find it that when you're very discouraged or something's not happening, reflecting on a time when you accomplished something that you didn't think was possible, just like reinstates in your mind that anything is possible if, if you continue to work towards it and you believe it. So let's, let's recap these steps. So one, set smart goals, specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and timely. Identifying your why. Tier your goals, one, two, and three. Focus on what matters. Don't get lost in things that don't uh, play into those goals. Apply yourself. Make conscious decisions to put all your energy towards them each day. And finally, visualization. So, Kara, can you summarize today's episode for us? Yes, I would just say, you know, as we're closing out 2020, and it has been a tough year for everyone. And as you're getting ready for 2021, it is a new start. It's a time to think about what your future goals are. Using these six steps that we talked about can be so important. And maybe you're already incorporating four, five, maybe you think you're incorporating all six, but just reflecting on them, setting your goals and really applying them because 2021 is going to be a new year. And I think we're all ready for it. <laughs> Thank you so much, Kara. If you would like to be the featured contestant for a future podcast, create a contestant profile with all of your information, hidden facts, and what makes you special. Then email support at Pageant Planet with the title podcast feature so we can review your profile. We will let you know after you submit if you are scheduled. Thanks for listening. And if you received any benefit from this show or from ones previous, please consider giving us a five-star review. It may seem like a small action, but it really helps us keep the show going. Until next time, take care. 
Want to become a part of pageant history? Create a free contestant or business profile on pageantplanet.com to unlock hidden features and connect with other experts throughout the world. 